You are listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Thanks, everyone. It's good to be back with you again. Uh, this is Doug Thorpe, and today I've got a special guest, uh, Miss Nancy Johnson, and we're going to get into her background and uh, her specialties in just a moment. And before we do that, I, I do want to, like I said, I want to welcome everyone to the show. We uh, call ourselves Leadership Powered by Common Sense. We like to talk about things that small business owners and uh, executives at all levels really can can take away and uh, find ways to be better leaders in the community. But while we're doing that, we also like to solve very direct and specific business problems. So that's kind of the um, uh, purpose of the show, and we're glad you're here. Nancy, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here, Doug. Yeah. Tell everybody a little bit about your background. I think you have a fascinating story. There's a few uh, name drops in your story, and I think <laughs> everybody would find that interesting. Yeah, there's a few, but uh, yeah, uh, probably probably the biggest name drop is Microsoft. Of course, I was I was with Microsoft for about 15 years, a little over 15 years, and uh, I did all sorts of things for Microsoft. Uh, when I left there, I was a project manager uh, involved uh, in um, uh, the digital marketing, digital advertising uh, space. And um, so, I when I left Microsoft, I decided I wanted to go off and into my own adventures. And um, I actually uh, invested in a franchise called WSI. So I own my own uh, digital marketing agency. Uh, and um, we do we do everything from, you know, building websites. Uh, we, we help people with their search engine optimization, their paid search. Um, but primarily what I do is the strategy piece of it. So I will come into a company and I'll um, help them understand, uh, you know, exactly who their clients really are. And surprisingly, a lot of businesses don't really know <laughs> who their clients are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the discussion. But we also talk about, uh, you know, what their goals are, where they want to get to, um, and how digital marketing can really help them do that. Um, and part of the reason um, I like to say I lead with strategy, because um, a lot of digital marketing agencies, unfortunately, don't do that. Um, and um, they're willing to sell people solutions that don't always give people the results that they're looking for. Uh, and so that's why we why we do what we do. Um, but additionally, I also uh, run a podcast called Digital Connections, uh, which is similar to your, your uh, setup here. Um, and it's for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, and um, we like to we like to bring in people that can help uh, businesses grow. Um, and um, that's probably, I, I love everything that I do, but um, I think that's probably my favorite piece of it is helping uh, this community um, of, of business owners uh, to really flourish. Yeah, for sure. It, it is uh, very fascinating and rewarding work. Now, you, you are still in the Pacific Northwest, right? Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Seattle area. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So uh, the backyard of Redmond, right? So that's uh, right. That's right. Yes. Now my husband is Australian, so uh, we are we are eventually uh, planning on having probably an agency here and one in Australia as well. So oh, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how all that pans out. But. <laughs> 
Well, that, that would be great. That sounds like, like fun. So is there a typical type client that you, you work with or go after? Is there a, a profile for that? Yeah, I love working with tech companies. Um, and part of it is because I speak the language. Um, so anyone that's, um, and, and especially, you know, people that have left Microsoft to start their own companies or left Amazon or left other major corporations um, to start their own companies. Um, those are some of, some of my, my favorite people to work with. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, part of it is because uh, coming in with that strategy piece of it makes so much sense for their for their uh, companies typically, um, and so I I'm almost like a fractional uh, CMO in that respect. So I can come in and um, really give them the the advice that they need, especially if they're just launching. Uh, it's a great time for them to get involved uh, with me because I can help actually create the the roadmap for them um, for the next few years. Um, so th that's, that's probably my favorite clients, but I also love working with just small businesses in general, right? Um, especially folks uh, that uh, maybe are looking to grow, maybe they've done okay in the last year, but they haven't seen quite the results that they're looking for. Um, I love to come in and find solutions that help those people to just see, see a, a spike in what they're doing. Yeah, you know, it, it, the whole idea of marketing your business is such a big challenge that I certainly see it with, with all my clients. Inevitably, one of the first questions on anybody's mind is, you know, how do I generate sales? How do I generate leads? Uh, they sort of intuitively know they need a, maybe a website or a shopping cart or at least a landing page of some sort, but they've got no clue on how to drive any traffic there. And, you know, the, uh, the effort to stand that up is, quite frankly, pretty easy now. You know, it's, it's not hard to build that landing page or even a, a simple website. But the ultimate question, at least in my experience, comes down to how do you drive traffic? And yeah. I, I, let's start with, I, I do love your, your point of trying to define the strategy because too often, uh, people invest in lead generation solutions, but they never really answer that strategy question. So how do you get people started down that path? Yeah, I think a lot of it, and, and you're right, just about anyone can go and build a website these days. You know, it is so easy. Uh, you know, you go to GoDaddy, you go to uh, whatever, whatever platform, uh, so Wix, you know, um, but but the problem is, is that um, even though a lot of these, uh, you know, homemade sites um, will have, or I should say, um, sites built on these platforms, they will have analytics on the back on the back end, um, but they're not necessarily Google Analytics. And um, when you don't have that piece of it, you cannot begin to understand why traffic isn't converting on your website. Um, and I think that's a, a major. Piece piece that a lot of people um, miss out on when they first get started. Um, and um, I think a website is necessary um, in just about every case because um, that's how people are going to initially find you. Um, and, you know, in our, in our Uber map of, of, digital marketing, that that's the the hub, right? That's your that's your center. And everything else that you do is going to be based on that central location. But I think one of the primary things um, 
when you're looking at conversion is, and what happens is somebody will go out and develop their own website, but they're developing it based on what they know about their product and service, not necessarily what the client is looking for. And it's not immediately clear. In fact, I've had a lot of conversations with people that will will immediately get on the offensive as soon as you tell them that's not really what your clients are looking for when they're searching for you. And that's how you find out is through analytics. You find out through, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, testing, a little bit of trial and error, if you will, um, on the people that are out there. You know, we have a lot of tools in, in our Uh, basket that allow us to go out and actually see what people are asking about your specific product online. Um, You know, and I think that's a great place to start is really understanding. And that's why I say understanding your client is the basis for everything that we do from a strategic standpoint, Uh, because without it, you're not going to see conversion. So, so pardon me, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness in advance. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. So <laughs> how fast can a client see some results by implementing some of your solutions? Mm. Well, it depends on which one we're talking about, right? So, for example, if you're if you're putting up a new website, and it you know this is why strategy is so important, is because you're also deciding what you're going to measure, right? And what you're going to measure is going to be dependent on what your goals are, um, and that's what's ultimately going to decide which solution that we suggest. But for example, if you have someone that is, uh, let's say, you're a dressmaker. And you want to be able to sell your dresses fast. You've got a fall lineup coming out and you know you want it. You want to get something out there in front of people right away. You've got a basic website, but that's about it. Well, for in that case, I'm going to probably suggest that we get some paid ads out there so that you can get in front of people right away. But additionally, we want to do some search engine optimization, which takes a little bit longer, right? So search engine optimization, you're not going to see results. So this is kind of like how people organically find you on the internet because of the content that you're publishing, because of the various things that you're doing out there, that's going to take six, seven months before you really start seeing results directly associated with that work. Uh, So my suggestion is usually let's get some paid search out there so we can get you in front of people. And then let's also work on your organic while you're doing that so that after that paid search campaign is over, then you've still got your organic search, right? Um, that's that's starting to actually take effect. So again, it kind of goes back to what solution are you looking to really leverage, right? Yeah, well, that, that's helpful. Uh, so I'm I'm curious. I'm thinking about the statement you made a moment ago about uh, working the strategy and helping people really determine uh, the way that potential buyers or, or clients are going to be asking. Um, can, can you share an example of how radically different the answer was from what a business owner was thinking originally? Sure. Um, yeah, let's see. Well, um, we actually, uh, you know, we had a client that, uh, you know, 
I, I don't know that they really knew what they wanted. You know, they just, they knew that they had problems. They bought this company and the person who owned the company previously did not invest in the online presence at all for this company. And so what ultimately ended up happening is that, um, you know, the addresses were all incorrect. You know, um, there were, you know, multiple uh, names out there that didn't match, you know, um, it was all sorts of just little things that were really bringing down the, the presence of this company online, but also the ability for people to actually find their physical location. Mm. And, you know, they really had no idea that that's what was happening on the back end. All they saw was that they didn't, they did, they didn't feel like they were getting the customers that they wanted. They thought it was because, um, you know, they'd kind of changed directions a little bit from what the original owner had intended for the business, but that wasn't it at all. It was just that people could not find them. So we came in, you know, we did a little bit on their uh, optimization on their Google, my business account, and we did do some paid search and some SEO for them. But I mean, within, within two months, they were already doubling um, their clientele. And within four months, uh, they were so busy that they were booked out, you know, two to three weeks in advance uh, for their services. And they could not keep up uh, with the clientele that they were getting in, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not, not surprising. And as you say that, I, I can certainly think of um, some clients that I've had that were in similar situations um, especially if you acquire a business for, for those that are out there might fancy themselves investors and using a, a purchase to get a business started, you, you really got to do some work on what the history of that company was and how they presented themselves because you might have a whole lot of cleanup to do to, That's right. to get a, a more laser focused story about your brand and your, your product offering. Well, Nancy, it's hard to believe we're already kind of through the first half of this show here, but uh, we're going to take a quick pause and we'll be right back. This program is sponsored by Headway Executive Coaching, your source for leadership development and team leading effectiveness. For more information, visit headwayexec.com. Well, greetings, everyone. We're back, and thank you for hanging with us. Uh, I am talking with Nancy Johnson. She is a uh, social media marketing guru, and uh, those are my words, probably not hers, but uh, um, a, a, a big question that we probably ought to lead off with here in the second half that we didn't touch on in the first half is when we think about small businesses and what they should do with their online marketing and, and that activity, for many small businesses, that feels taboo or, or feels kind of icky. It's like, do I need that? Can I can I make this happen? You know, maybe I have a storefront. That's all I need. You know, foot traffic will get me there, et cetera, et cetera. Nancy, why should somebody be thinking about their social media footprint? Yeah, um, the, the social media space, you know, it, it feels like something that can almost go by the wayside, right? Oh, this is just fun, you know, it's, it's extra, um, but it really isn't nowadays. And part of that 
part of the reason is that people are out there searching on social media for reviews. They're, and they're not looking for specifically for reviews. They're looking for what people are saying about your products. They're looking for the conversation on your products. But more than that, it's also this new avenue um, to really associate and connect with your customers uh, like we've never really had available uh, in past years. Um, and that has only grown uh, with the pandemic and um, with everyone being online. Uh, it, it's no longer a nicety, it's a necessity. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's also not a difficult thing. I think people tend to make it more difficult than it than it really has to be. Uh, you know, you can have a simple content calendar out there uh, where you're, you know, you're doing four or five posts uh, a month, you know, but it's enough uh, to continue to be able to connect with your clients as long as you're watching what's being said out there about you, because that's important too, is to understand what people are saying about you. If, if are some of these comments, is it, true what they're saying well then is there something else that you need to be doing so it can it can help as a great management tool too for your business i've often heard that referred to as social proof we're we're kind of wired to be somewhat tribal we want to belong to a group we uh i i've got a friend he's he's been a prior guest on the podcast here he's a fitness coach but he has carved out a niche in the kayaking community he um that's one of his hobbies is kayak fishing and there's some physical exertion to maneuver a kayak off of your vehicle into the water and back again, not to mention the paddling around to whatever location you're going to fish with. So he connected the two and has created quite a niche for himself, um, training kayak fishermen. Now he'll, he'll train anybody that wants to sign up and, you know, lose a few pounds, but, uh, he, he's really identified with that niche and, as soon as the social proof of what he was doing for the kayak fishing community kicked in, I mean, his business just exploded. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's what, the, those are the possibilities that are out there, you know, and when we talk about search engine optimization, your social media presence plays a lot into that, right? Um, because your name pops up and, you know, it says, yes, this, this business is not just a valid business, but they're a great business, you know, um, and it, it helps add to that. Um, but on top of that, you can also provide a lot of value to your community uh, by adding content on your social media for the people in your community, right? Um, for example, podcasts. Podcasts are a great example of that, right? Where you can put that out on your LinkedIn posts and um, people that want to know about the subject that you're talking about on your podcast, it's perfect for them. They're like, oh, that's great. I needed to know about that. And there it is, you know? Um, and so that's what starts to create that connection and the validity of your business as well. So for a small business owner who is just trying to get serious about their social media presence, uh, what, what kind of blueprint do you recommend for people like that? 
I, you know, I think it's a really fun way for businesses to start, but go out and just type into Google 30 day uh, internet challenge or 30 day uh, social media challenge. Um, And it is a great place to start because it helps you get a little bit of original content out there. Your clients get to know your business uh, from a different perspective uh, and they start making more personal connections with you through a 30 day challenge because it'll be things like, uh, you know, how did you get into this business in the first place? You know, that's that's usually part of the challenge, right? Um, post a picture of, you know, what's going on today at your business uh, and explain a little bit about that, you know? Um, so it gives people an opportunity to connect to you, but um, it also starts you down the path of creating some of that content that you need to generate that search engine optimization as well. So, so you're saying the 30-day challenge is something the business owner would be doing, sharing content, sharing information about who they are, what they're doing, and, mm-hmm. and what their service or product might be about. Yeah, and that's assuming that they already have their social media channels, right? Um, So I think that obviously is your first step. Uh, If you don't currently own your name on uh, on the major social media platforms, go out and get it. Um, And I would say that that's probably also just across digital marketing. I think that's probably my number one tip to everyone: make sure that you are claiming your business name across the internet, whether that's on Google My business or being places, um, you know, they're across social media, make sure that you own that because it is a way for people to commit fraud against your business. And uh, if you don't own those spaces, um, and so, you know, owning those is, is really a, a vital thing. So it doesn't just help you uh, from a search engine optimization standpoint, it keeps you safe too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, there's another episode in my archive down here where um, I had an intellectual property attorney on the on the show, and we talked a lot about that. And it, mm. you know, that sounds like really deep dive, sophisticated uh, legal maneuvering, but it's really not. It, it it is the reality of our our world, and in an electronic age, you've you've got to think about some of that. And there's a lot of rules of the road on on branding and and securing the naming rights. Um, mm-hmm. So if that's a question you may have, we do have another episode that'll speak to that. But uh, um, if if a if a small business owner just really is concerned, uh, maybe it, usually often in small business they're worried about their budget. That you know the funds are not unlimited for investing in things like this. Mm-hmm. What are some of the first basic steps they can do to kind of get this whole social media machine up and running? Yeah, I, you know, again, I, I think it is just you know go a matter of getting out there owning your uh, locations, but also there are plenty of it's it, you know it's interesting because there's plenty of platforms out there right now that will allow you to um, manage all of your social media across one platform. So you know, um, I think that's a really good starting point because most of those platforms are going to have um, a content calendar uh, associated with their tool. If they don't, they're probably not worth uh, the monthly fee that you're going to pay for them. 
Um, but I think that's a really good starting point because then you can start to map out that plan um, and you can get all of your systems connected so you're saving time as well. You don't have to go out and uh, necessarily post on each one individually uh, every day. Um, and so, um, and uh, you know, ultimately you can line everything up at the beginning of the month and you don't have to think about posting. All you have to do is just check in with your people, you know, so. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, I know it was a, um, it was a big boost to my own business when I was introduced to some of those platforms. And after trial and error with several, I have landed uh, here, here in my business, we use the uh, Meet Edgar platform. Mm -hmm. And um, that was referred to me by another executive coach I know, and he's kind of a national speaker and uh, book publisher. But uh, you're right. Functionally, those those kinds of tools allow you just to uh, pipe in your content when the uh, content creation juices are flowing, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and you can hit the calendar and then it will drip those out to all your channels. And, and the beauty of that is you can go ahead and grab space on as many social media platforms as you feel comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that a small business owner, the last thing they need to do is worry about 10 different widgets yes. that have to go touch. That's right. Mm -hmm. But these aggregator tools will do that for you. And it's a nice, mm -hmm. clean uh, interface. So um, now I will say also, though, that, you know, for some businesses, it, you know, you should think about which platform is best for you, right? Because every platform has a different audience. You know, if you're selling business to business, if you're selling B2B, LinkedIn is probably the place you want to be. Um, you know, if your audience is, is teenagers or, you know, young adults, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, one of those might be where, where you need to be looking, you know? Um, so I think there's some of those considerations that need to be thought about when you're thinking about the time that you want to actually focus on your social media. So just picking the right channel. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. And I think that too ends up being a question in a, in a business owner's mind is okay. I know if I'm going to spend some time, where should I spend that time? Uh -huh. And um, I, I think your your point is a valid one. It's it's worth looking at, and uh, one size does not fit all. And that, by the way, is another technical challenge trying to get out to different platforms. Um, different platforms have different requirements for the size of your post, the size of the graphic you might be using in the post, et cetera, uh -huh. et cetera. Yeah. But, um, the good news is these aggregator tools help manage that as well. Exactly. So, yes. <laughs> so you, don't, you don't have to be constantly manipulating and, and worrying about be becoming a graphic artist to make that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we in the in the digital marketing space, I'll tell you, it was pretty exciting. This uh, back in May, uh, Instagram actually allowed allowed third party tools to start being able to post directly to Instagram. So that was exciting for us. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, you you touched on the subject of paid advertising. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, and I guess I, where I want to start is the idea of um, 
let's pretend I'm a small business. I've not yet hit um, 50,000 a month in sales. So again, my, my budget's a little limited. What can I really plan on doing with paid advertising and create any real return for my investment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, it goes back to what is your product? What is your service? Right. Where is your audience at? Um, and that's where you have to start um, because, uh, you know, I mean, yes, everyone is on Google, um, but you're going to pay a premium to be on Google as well. Um, so any place that you are advertising, for example, Facebook is probably going to be one of the more inexpensive solutions. Um, however, is your are your people that you're looking for? Are they really actually on Facebook? Are they going to be finding you on Facebook? Um, so you need to kind of ask those questions before you decide to make an investment. And you also have to realize that a lot of what paid search is, is testing right? Because a lot of it depends on, you know, you want to get some of that testing in to understand, does this ad or does this ad work better with my clients, you know? Um, and uh, so I think you have to leave a little bit of room um, for some, some budget uh, to start to understand that uh, when you get out to page search. It's also why I recommend, I do not, um, Google has some great tools that can help people if they have the time to invest in understanding them. However, this is why you pay for uh, services to have somebody manage your ads um, because there is such an expertise that goes into it. Um, it doesn't have to be um, a huge investment, but again, it depends on your service or your product, right? So for example, if you're selling, uh, you know, car parts and, uh, you know, that the, the audience that you're selling to already uses, uh, you know, O'Reilly, uh, you know, and O'Reilly has a $20,000 a month uh, paid search budget, chances are you're probably not going to be able to make a dent uh, in that market, not in an affordable cost, right? So those are the things that you have to think about as you're as you're looking at it. Uh, a good example, and, and on that note, though, what I've heard argued is that you're right. You may not go head to head with, you know, with a brand name auto parts store for selling that, but you can use some of the sophistication of the search profiles in a Facebook mm -hmm. and try to target interest groups. That's right. You know, car clubs and uh, product fans, you know, there's Porsche drivers and Mustang drivers and, you know, on and on and on. And those interest groups are all over the social media landscape. That's right. Yes. So and that's also why it's a more affordable solution as well. Right. right. Um, and because you're not paying that premium to be able to um, to to chat with those people, uh, whereas on Google, in order to reach those people, you will pay a premium for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. Well, Nancy, I think we've kind of run up on time here. It's been a pleasure talking with you and tell everybody the best way to get a hold of you. Give us a, a URL or an email that is good. 
Yeah, I think probably the best place uh, for people to go is to uh, nancyj.com. It's N-A-N-C-E-E-J.com. Uh, and that actually will give you all of my links. Uh, and so you can, you can contact me any which way. Uh, if Pinterest is your choice, I probably won't answer right away, though. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Nancy, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And thank you for joining in. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. You bet. All right, everyone. I think this pretty well wraps it up for this episode. And thank you for listening in. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. This has been Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. For more information, visit us on the web at DougThorpe.com.